0: The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. <gasps> it's hip to be
1: square. It's hip to be square. It's hip to be square. So hip to be square. It is hip to be
0: square Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis and News. How is it possible we've done so few <laughs> trilogies and have two? Huey Lewis songs now that have opened us up. I mean, those are his big, iconic songs, too. Yeah. Good
1: choices. Good choices. You know what? I didn't choose them. The films. They did. Them. No, I'm saying they made good choices. But we, we make horrible way. choices. This is <laughs> uh, us being the trilogy podcast, of course. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. That's Scott. I'm... <laughs> I am really threw you, didn't I? <laughs> yes. You said my name. I'm supposed to say my name. We are the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots. No straight to cable. Only legit trilogies. We're bringing them here for you. We're bringing you facts, debate, trivia, and more. To hell with the
0: movie if they made four. To hell with the movie if they made four. Oh, to hell with them! You know, you put a lot of heart into that one, Scott, and I felt yeah. like I had to follow up with some heart. Well, some, you know, I wanted passion. to want to give it my all, you know. And you did, you did. And I'm excited this week in an immense way, my friend. Yeez, this is a really funny, <laughs> funny uh, trilogy. Yeah, of um, course. That started in a way that was very. Arguably the funniest. So far? So it could far. be arguable. We did do uh, Austin Power so far, and we've done the it's Cornetto true. trilogy recently, both funny trilogies. Yeah. So you're saying something that's pretty yeah. There's strong. some
1: tough competition out there, and there's more that we haven't done. We should before, probably uh, mention the, the
0: trilogy it. so that people know what we're talking about. It's the comparisons idea. make no sense if we don't. Yeah, well, we're talking about the Naked Gun trilogy. The Naked Gun trilogy from the Files of the Police Squad. Right, but the second it was one based on the
1: TV show.
0: Right, based on the, 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 fail, the failed the TV show. Right, only had, it had like five six, or six episodes. six episodes or something. Yeah. Um, the second one was two and a half. The Naked Gun two and a half. Smell, Smell of, of fear. fear, and the final one was Naked Gun thirty three and one third. The final insult. Right. All right. So the Naked Gun was one of the films of the times. It was really one of the films of the early nineties, a <laughs> transitional type film. In that, it covered the pop cultural landscape of the time of the early '90s. Sure. Okay. Utilize a lot of celebrities of that period of time too.
1: And I think actually the movies, as we as they go through time, um, kind of evolve. Yeah. Like they kind of. I mean, they're the same basic idea, but I think the plots evolve to where. But hold on, wait. Cop movies were at the Just time. Just wait one
0: second. Sure. Right. Before we go any further,
1: this do is you sort love of me.
0: What? Will, will you love me forever? You know? Do you really want? Comparisons between yourself and Meatloaf? Is that what you're really looking for?
1: Mm. Not Meatloaf now. Really? Like Meatloaf better than Hell Meatloaf.
0: Uh, Oh yeah, that was a much better Meatloaf. Yeah. I bet you say that to all the boys. Well, you gotta respect the loaf. Mm. Come on. Do I? The loaf. We're sort of at the end of our first round of categories. This is the last category that we're covering. Every other trilogy after today will be going to a category that we've already begun somewhere. Right. All right, so I think this is a really critical category for Trilogy Bot. My mechanical friend, the man that lives in my home with me, <sighs> sleeps between Amy and I, his mechanical body, whirring and purring through the that's, night.
1: That's strange. Love a Good Gag is the name of the category the Naked Gun Trilogy falls within. It is defined by its genre or gimmick, rather than story, characters, or actors.
0: You know what? I think your mom also loves a good gag, gentlemen. Uh, Bot is right. These movies are based almost entirely on the kind of film they are, the gag. The fact that the structure is based loosely on a series of gags that have been put together. We only have three or four movies that fall into this category. It's the smallest category we have as well. It is. It's unique. It's unique and it's difficult to talk about because there's very little narrative that makes any sense. Right. All right. I mean everything's a joke even the credits of the movie. Exactly. So that doesn't give me much hope going into your plot breakdown, but what well, the the funny the thing we're going to find doesn't is, mean anything
1: as we're doing this plot breakdown is it's just going to sound like a straight plot cuz you know I'm not going to include any of the jokes cuz they're right. extra to the plot. Right. So um Are you ready to do this now? I'm ready. Let's might as well jump into it now, right? <laughs> Go ahead with two feet. Yeah. Here come both my feet. here here come both my feet (laughs) go go ahead naked gun from the files of police squad Mm. after his partner is shot in the line of duty an LA cop begins to investigate and uncovers a plot to kill the queen of England while she's visiting LA (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) meanwhile he begins to fall for a woman who is working with the bad guy in the end she falls for him too working with the bad guy Woman who's working with the bad guy. Not very specific. I the, this I I, I don't. I,
0: no, but you're. right. I feel like
1: every week we do this, I have to re-explain to you what the point and concept of this is. I'm sorry.
0: Is that it's supposed to not be specific? You're right. You're right. She's working with the bad guy. It's you know true. What? Actually, in these, she's films, literally working with films, the bad it's guy. It's kind of true because. She does sort of work with the bad guy in the second one, too, and it's unclear what she does for that bad guy. She so. always
1: just happens to be involved. Yeah. I'm sorry I questioned you. Alright. <laughs> uh, in the end, she falls for him too, and the cop stops the queen's assassination. Mm. That's number one. Okay. Moving right along to number two. Jeez, that was. Naked Gun, two and a half. The smell of fear.
0: The LA cop and the woman have broken up. And she has found a new man. You keep saying L.A. cop, but isn't, aren't they from um, the police squad? Isn't that a special squad of special cops? Mm. Again, trying not to be specific. Okay, but the information The has to bare be bones of it is that he's an L.A. cop. I think they're just in L.A., and he's in a special uh, squad. Remember,
1: he gets kicked off a of police squad multiple times throughout these movies, so
0: doesn't really matter. Go, go ahead. Take it from the top, because <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That was my bad. The L.A. cop, I mean,
1: I might as well just say Frank Drebin Uh, on top uh, um, of it, if I'm going to get that specific. I'm sorry, The L.A. cop and the woman have broken up, and she has found a new man. But it turns out her new man has kidnapped one of the president's top nuclear energy advisors and replaced him with an imposter in order to increase nuclear energy dependence. The L.A. cop publicly reveals the imposter, defeats the bad guy, gets the girl. Mmm. Naked gun, 33 and a third... The final insult. The L.A. cop is now retired and married to the woman and is finding it hard to adjust to retirement when he is called to go undercover. His wife finds out and leaves him, and he goes undercover in prison. She's really, you
0: know, she's really very fickle when it comes to their relationship in that, yeah, she doesn't seem to grasp that he needs to be a cop. It was really an issue in the second movie as well.
1: Like all of them, you know, it's always like, oh, you just want to, be a cop like yeah what would be the problem with that and this
0: know. what women do they pull yeah. you away from what you love it's and then me you or dare. your profession Ugh. you
1: know what man it's
0: not just a cliche it's a
1: reality <laughs> it's in all three of these movies so it must be true uh, his wife finds out that he's gone undercover and leaves him and he goes undercover in prison to stop a terrorist attack at the academy awards he's able to save the day and a few months later, his wife gives birth
0: to their son. He's like 75 years old. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be able to see what that child becomes. You're, you're too old, Frank Trebin. You're too old. Your hair is white.
1: <laughs> you're old. Well, his hair's been white since he was like 30. So is that true? I
0: well, mean, I know time. that he's an actor that... Oh, well, he's like a, like a Steve Martin. Before yeah. we get into him, Scott, great job on the plots. Oh, thank you. I was You made me afraid to interrupt. Usually I thought <laughs> some of the humor was me interrupting there, but you cowed me into not interrupting at all on the... Well, because
1: so, you get on me about... I hope giving, you enjoy you, that. Not giving
0: enough specifics. I hope the audience
1: at home really but enjoys... that's always been the point. These standard plots there. They're supposed to be non That you wrote
0: on the way here. The third one of which you finished five minutes before we went on the air. They're pretty simple. Now, if you're going to talk about these three movies, you have to talk about the creators. I, I know that... They didn't necessarily direct all all three of them, Um, but they're basically the minds that put together these films. Yeah. Um, And of course, the airplane movies or the first airplane movie, the second one didn't have anything to do with them. I mean, well, the second one's all the same jokes again. I like the second movie. I'm not even going to. I think it's fine. I can argue. I think the second movie is as good as the first one, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. but we're talking about Zucker, Zucker, and Abrams, the two brothers and their partner, Jerry Abrams, the three of them work together. Um, and in basic different combinations have worked together over like almost 30 movies over the year. Yeah. Uh, but these are really, this was sort of the, the period of time where they were at their best, the apex of their success, both financially in film and artistically as well, most would say. They haven't yeah. gotten any um, good reviews in terms of their later movies really at all. Um, this genre... The idea of the spoof genre has suffered yeah. over the years. I don't think people are oh, into right. it. Like I mean, they used because to be.
1: they always do like it's always got to be like celebrity cameos and things like that. Where yeah. I started to notice, even in the third movie of this, they had many more celebrity Agreed. cameos. Agreed. And I feel like it gets kind of blown up to a ridiculous point. Oh,
0: Lord, what's that? It looks like Phil here throwing out the tuba.
1: And that's your indicator that they're they don't Same have the with, jokes. Uh, Austin Powers what? had a million fucking celebrity cameos in the third one. And I think it, I think that's why. It's good when movies end at three. Man, you just spotted it right there. That's
0: a perfect trend right there that all three of the the films you just mentioned in the third film lay it on thick when it comes to the celebrity cameos. Whereas peppering them in in the first movie is very successful and funny. By the third one, it's just who can I spot? Who can I get to be in this I mean, the big
1: big celebrity in the first one is, you know, Weird Al Yankovic. Exactly. And you're like, that's your
0: level of... (laughs) <laughs> but, I, but zucker zucker and abraham have done some great films all right. right again as i said before they started as with the granddaddy of these films airplane yep i would say um they actually started together as a writing team and they did a movie called the kentucky fried movie where they all wrote for it it's a group they started together they were childhood friends yes um and i remember seeing that in the in the video and store now, that's directed again. by john landis Is i it? think i'll tell you right now it's directed by john landis I'll tell you right the hell now. Because I think they were like a And it is directed by John group, Landis. And exactly he got right. in with them and started directing some sketches for them. All right. And... Interestingly enough, starring Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby. That should give you a heart on because of his connection the to the Hulk Incredible superhero, Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah, but
1: he wasn't the Hulk, he was the he was Bruce Banner. Right? Well, I guess I mean, Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk. Yeah, but he got to say the line. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. That's the coolest line. Actually, he wasn't even Bruce Banner. For some reason, they called him David Banner. Yeah, in the I show. noticed that. That yeah. is weird. Strange. Was it a copyright issue? I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I read about it a while ago, and I think it had something to do with like the alliteration that the guy didn't
0: want Bruce Banner. Zucker. Zucker. And Abram. Yes. No, nope, yes. let's not. Okay. Sorry. I, we also did the um top, You brought up Bill Bixby. I uh, got excited. Right. You know, they did Top they? Secret as well. Uh, oh
1: yeah, yeah, and that's good.
0: And all these movies so far that I've mentioned, including of course the Naked Gun films fall within the genre, all right, of spoof. They're basically a spoof and a parody at the same time. The thing that makes the Naked Gun movies so good is that it's not really a parody as well. It's mostly just a spoof of cop movies. Right. So it has freedom to really um come off any kind of a plot, come off any kind of a story and just kind of hang different jokes and scenarios on the world of cops, and then further as the movie goes on, it's hanging jokes on sports. Yeah. You know, there's a whole section dedicated to sports, relationships, and how yeah. relationships are treated in films as well. It's a big part of what they do. Yeah, you can't do that with some of the other films we've talked about because um, they're very star centric. For example, Austin Powers. It's right. based upon Mike Myers and the and the wacky characters created by Mike Myers. He does separate little jokes. Right. But but it's more that that those movies are more like a. Um
1: you know, uh, a showcase of his talent, and more of a direct parody but of yeah.
0: James Bond, right? Because as much as it's a spoof of humorous uh, spy films of the '60s, it's a it's a it's a Bond parody. Look at the sure. titles for God's sake!
1: Bond in, in like Flint Spies in the airplane movies as well. The airplane general. movies are
0: based upon. Um, Will you? Just educated to me. I thought they were based upon the. I know they're disaster spoofs on disaster films, but right. So in that way,
1: the... the a lot of people think it's connected to Airport, right? Uh, but it's apparently actually like almost a shot-for-shot shot remake of Zero Hour, which is a, a different airplane movie that came out like a year or two before airport movies that's well, coming logical
0: people make that connection because George Kennedy who's in the Naked Gun films yeah. was in every airport movie oh I think I mean so, they
1: named they named the movie Airplane right. I think they on purpose named sure. it something close to airport so people would think it was a spoof of airport but in actuality it's a shot for shot remake of a movie that nobody had really seen I just want to tell you both good luck we're all counting on
0: you whereas in Austin Powers or or um, the the, um, the hot shots movies later on are based on a, a celebrity on Mike Myers or Charlie Sheen. And the parody right. is more direct. Top gun, James Bond. Right. So but then the second one kind of becomes more like a Rambo. Uh,
1: like it kind of goes off on its own thing after that. But yeah, hot shots is supposed to be like a straight, like top gun. Right. Spoof. Right. Spoof. Yeah, and then these, the second one's kind of movies, Ramboy,
0: and These kinds of movies where it's just a joke a second really peaked with, with the Naked Gun films. Yeah. So let's not kid ourselves. There hasn't right. been a, one as good since then. And we even covered, but the other one worth mentioning is the, the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy that we just did. Yeah. All right? These films are comedies in which there are side gags that they kind of stick in there. Right. You know, that right sticks in there. And, but he's got his own agenda. Sort right. of the development of... Well, it's easy. They're creating
1: a style of comedy. You know, like where it's you see, again, like we talked about this with uh, with Cornetto Trilogy, but um, there's a sense of uh, comfortability with seeing the same thing again and having something come back. And because like we talked about Cornetto, it, they do the thing where they'll put something on early on and then somebody repeats the exact same line in a different mm-hmm. situation and things like that, where it gives you this sense of. Comfortability,
0: much like Naked Gun. Well, he definitely. Where I feel like we see the same jokes. Well, Wright has his own style. There's no. There's definitely more of a narrative sense in his films. And again, sure. he's talking about the development of these characters and sort of he's got. But I mean, more the right he, way he writes dialogue. And right? y'all, I think. Okay, well, I was thinking more of his story. In that Naked Gun, the story is whatever; it's meaningless. Right. The story in Cornetto means something. Yeah. But he's just also utilizing the thing that they kind of created in in the Naked Gun and earlier, the idea of just. Throwing a gag into a film, a sight gag, uh, right. you know, that for the sake of putting a funny moment in a comedy. Right.
1: I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen,
0: a king. The king of this. Yeah. He a, started dry, an airplane, right? Yeah. He was in the first
1: airplane, of course. Yeah. He'd been in. He'd been a serious actor in other movies, too, and it's very strange to watch those oh, movies. Oh, that's why now.
0: Zucker Zucker and Abrams, to be um, referred to as in the future of this podcast zaz. So I'm not going to keep saying that, but and going, I'm not exactly sure uh, see, that I would Abraham, rather,
1: I would rather say it than say Zaz. I'm
0: saying Zaz. You, Zazz, you Zazz, say the whole thing. Zazz. I'm saying look Zaz. <laughs> Their whole deal was they like to pick real actors, right. not comedians. Oh, cause you got to play it as straight as possible. Right. And when they, they wanted to make a fourth um, naked gun, and, and which is stuck into that mental health doesn't look like it's going to happen.
1: I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you.
0: But it was going to start at Helms, and one of their biggest gripes was that he's a comedic actor, and they wanted to use a straight actor. Yeah. In the same way that in the airplane films they used Robert Stack, and Stack didn't know ha- how to do it. He's like, "What do I do? I don't know how to do this." Yeah. And they're like, "We picked you because we want you to be you." Yeah. We be don't want Robert you to be funny. Stack. We
1: want you to deliver lines. And he's so, like, oh.
0: He was a straight actor. Right. George Kennedy, straight actor. Yeah. He was famous for. Classically playing right. what? Definitely cowboy.
1: after the Naked Gun movies, that's all he did was do those kind of movies. He played Mr. Magoo, for God's sakes. Who? Like, Leslie
0: Nielsen? Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But George Kennedy, too. George Kennedy was a, a guy that historically played what? Cops, cowboys, and soldiers.
1: I just can't take this anymore. Garbage like you just makes me sick.
0: Priscilla Presley. Right. She wasn't a famous comedic actress. She was a nobody. She oh, hadn't yeah. acted.
1: And it doesn't matter. That's the thing with these movies, too, is, like, you don't have to really be a good actor or actress for these movies. Like, because her whole character is that kind of airheaded...
0: The whole point is to play it straight and let the comedy around you sort of drive what the genre but she ends up coming
1: across very funny because like she's just playing it absolutely
0: straight Leslie Nielsen does a really good job with his reactions he's kind of known Uh, for but that's the thing he
1: plays everything very straight that makes it very funny but his reactions are like the most comedic thing you've ever seen
0: and like they're hilarious she comes across in general as vapid and dumb and I think that's what the character needs right but she doesn't seem like she's very sharp that's the whole thing and then you find out later (laughs) she's a Scientologist in real life she's you know it's Priscilla Presley for God's sake right I mean, that, was, that lady was married to Elvis. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Elvis She's a trillionaire wife? because she created the whole world of Graceland and everything. Yeah. Elvis left her with, like, nothing. And she had to, like, take what tiny, like, assets that she was left with. And she rebuilt that into Graceland, into millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Because he really didn't leave anything for her in a real way. Yeah. Like, I saw a whole thing where it was, like, a house. It was, like, Graceland, four cars, seven trucks, three guns. Two jeweled knives, $2,300 in necklaces. It was ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Oh, I've, I've been to
0: Diamond I've been to Joe's. To Graceland. Cuffling. Have, have you been to Graceland? No. I've been there. You like Elvis? Enough to really? go. I don't know anything about it.
1: It was like the thing. We were in Memphis. So it was right. like, well, okay. It was kind of culty. Wow. Well. Like, people are, like, the way they talk about him, like, and then, that night, Elvis passed on, and they, like, well, talking about his death, and I'm like, down. he died on the toilet. Well, and apparently before that, kept all these people awake playing racquetball and listening to him play songs and shit To like, what in I wonder what he morning. was
0: reading on the toilet. I wonder what, when he died, when he got that stroke from pooping, I wonder what exactly he was reading. All right, so you got Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. the, the, the Again, I'm going to say grandfather, godfather, but let's, you know what? Leslie Nielsen, the king of this genre. Mm All right. They bring him back kind of as a figurehead in later films up through the 2000s till he dies, basically. Yeah. And that was his career. Pretty good career. You're a straight actor and then you get to play a comedic actor till the end. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Uh, Priscilla, of course. George Kennedy. He's, you know what? He's not part of my generation. He's famous in Cool Hand Luke. He was nominated for an Academy Award for that and for something else. I know. He was in Creepshow, too. You have any interest at all? Leslie Nelson? No. But Nelson. Leslie Nielsen was in the first creep show. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen's in the first creep show, but George Kennedy is in the that, second uh, creep show. That weird one though. I can hold my breath a long time. He plays a bad guy. Yeah. Against Ted Danson. Yeah. Pretty it's, cool. Yeah, it was a good one. If you can hold
1: your breath. I can
0: hold my breath a long time. Like buried up to his head. And in the second one, George Kennedy is like uh, the grandfather, that, the kindly granddad who's got a, a wooden Indian in front of his store. And when he's gunned down by the bad guys, the wooden Indian comes to life and gets vengeance. Never saw Creepshow, dude? No, I never saw the second one. All right, I've seen the cool. first one. It's not as nearly as good as the first one, but it's pretty cool. All right. Um, so those are basically the main characters that are in all the films. But there are a couple of exceptions as well. Oh, well, wait, wait, there's O.J. Simpson. That's right. Let me tell you about... I don't want you to move on and not talk about it. Let me tell you OJ. about OJ in these films. The scenes where he's getting abused are instantly 20 times funnier because of everything that happened. I hate to say it, but this is one of the rare situations of my mind where his backstory in real life makes his acting better and funnier to me. Well, here's the fucked up thing I realized about OJ.
1: I looked this up. This movie came out...
0: Three months. months. I looked up the exact three same months months before thing. before months. I'm like, holy shit, her. these dates are really close. Yeah. So I did, dude. That is so funny. I looked up the exact same thing today. I was like, I wrote it down. Three months. <laughs> so you know what? The OJ that you see in the third Naked Gun, that's that's crazy OJ. Yeah. That's like when he's lost. I mean, they probably filmed it. Like, but you can the see the year before. But, but you can still. see it's a different OJ there. Yeah. He's not. He's not comfortable in his in himself. He's very comfortable in his character in the first and second one. and this one, he's a little, uh, yeah, a little wacky. Or maybe, listen, he is funny, though. In that first movie, when he takes that abuse, knowing that it's O.J., and it's not like it's funny because, oh, I hate what he did, so seeing him get abused is funny. No, it's funny because all I know about O.J., which is everything about his life, just makes the wackiness of that scene that much crazier and funny to me. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, what? Look at his fucking O.J. Well, even the
1: first one when he gets shot and he's like knocking into all that stuff, like he goes through the door and this and that. And my favorite one is he just rubs up against it's some wet, wet pain paint and, says, oh, and just goes, no. Oh
0: no. Dude, that gets it's one of my hilarious. stars because Scott uh, will tell the audience now we made a rule because we knew there'd be a lot of funny lines in all three of these movies that we'd only kind of indicate our favorite lines three, three favorite lines for each movie. And I put a star next to that. The whole O.J. getting abuse and that <laughs> line specifically, wet paint. Oh, no. I, I wrote it down, too. It's killer funny. So, listen, I can absolutely separate the art from the artist in this case. Sure. O.J. Simpson, as you've never seen him before. Um, it's also worth mentioning, as far as the cast goes, that Weird Al Yankovic is in all three movies.
1: Yes. And also... You said uh... Yankovic
0: before. I think it's Yankovic.
1: I've always said Yankovic, but I'm pretty sure it's Yankovic. Yeah, I think you're right. Did I
0: just say the opposite thing? No, I
1: think what you said is right, but I just always say Yankovic. It's
0: Yankovic. Whatever. Come on. What does it matter? I'm not even sure that I'm right.
1: Sounds like he's going to find out about this. He's
0: got, he's distinctly he playing. I'd, I'd love it. Weird Al, if you're listening right now. Um, <laughs> we love you, Weird Al. <laughs> we love you, Weird Al. And you're in a trilogy. Well done. <laughs> so, yeah, he's in the first and third as himself. And actually has right. something to do in the third one, and
1: then the second one he's the crazed postal worker, or right? Whatever, like I'm gonna shoot you, and then he hits him with the door. More
0: power to wield That Weird Al.
1: Yeah, All right. he actually appeared later. He he does the opening song for Spy Hard, which was another oh, Leslie Nielsen movie that he does. It's right, like, it's the whole thing where he's singing that long note, and his head explodes at the end of like okay. the credits.
0: Shut up, you little weasel. Jerry Zucker actually did movies that weren't in this style. They were straight comedies. Had the most success, in fact, Ghost. Ghost? Yeah, he directed Ghost. Ghost with the famed movie Ghost. Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg is directed by by Jerry Zucker. Zucker. Yeah. But then they spoof it
1: in the third movie. They spoof that whole scene from Ghost. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they do. (laughs) What? Yeah. That's my. I think that's maybe that might be the only case and we could, it might be worth looking up. It's pretty interesting. Whether a person spoofed has ever himself. spoofed themselves, yeah. yeah, that's that's cool actually. I hadn't even thought of that until you mentioned it, and, I, yeah. and of course I wrote down that they did a ghost spoof in right. the third one. I hadn't thought of that. So yeah, he also directed um, First Night, that movie with uh, with uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, where he plays. Oh the no, Knight. no, that's yeah. We no. will rock you. Is that called First Night? Yeah, I thought yes. that's a Night's Tale. I thought that was First Night, but I can...
1: First Night is with Sean Connery and uh, Richard Gere.
0: You're right. I'm sorry. That's that, that and straight sucks. drama about uh, some medieval crap, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Yeah, I thought it's that was terrible. Terrible. What did I think it was? Uh, a Knight's Tale? <laughs> a Knight's Tale. <laughs> um, oh that movie with Pete Ledger when he's doing Contemporary he do, Rock. I
1: think the Zucker Brothers did. He also
0: uh, um, directed Rat Race, too, that Whoopi Goldberg oh, movie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. And they all wrote together on a lot of these. Didn't I'm they also you basically do they Basketball? Directed. Uh, yeah, um, the first Zucker, David Zucker, did that. Again, like he's kind of the more um, from, like, the late 90s on. Yeah. He kind of, he kind picked, of up the the, picked up the basketball, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Abrams was the middle, mid-90s from the end of Naked Gun. Mr. Trevon, if you have evidence, then use it. If not, I am warning you, get off my back. Naked Gun from the files of Police Squad. Always mm. oh, starts with a driving gag All three of these movies start right. with the siren Driving gag, he's driving around Well before that
1: he, he fights all like the Ayatollah and. Uh, well I'm just Dormachev talking about
0: and... Yeah but I'm talking about what's in all three movies right. I'm just saying that he starts with that That's kind of a thing that's in all three films right. um, But you're right, it begins with that attack uh, Or that fight with The nation's worst enemies Right, And we see it again in the second film With the nation's leaders Right, So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, there's, a, there's a parallel there
1: Right, early on, one of my favorite parts of the movie, which has always been one of my favorite parts, I'll give of the you movies, this as one of your three. I'll take it as one of my three. Um, is the the scene with Al, the guy who's too tall to be in the shot? Uh-huh, yeah, and he comes in and he's eating the banana, and he's like, <laughs> "Al, you got something in the side of your mouth there? No, 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 the other side." And then just and a half a banana half falls of banana out, falls and then he on. walks away. <laughs> It's just so ridiculous, and the fact that, like,
0: he he wouldn't go, yeah, I'm eating a banana. All right, you know what? Then I'm going to say one of my favorite things. Go for it. And that's going to be, it's such a minor thing. It's a cop with a megaphone who's talking to two tourists, and he's got the (laughs) megaphone right in their face, and he goes, please disperse. Please disperse. (laughs) And it's just
1: those two people, Just those two people standing there.
0: Oh, I just want to mention,
1: this is not one of my favorite things, but a little side note here. Side note. I found it very weird you know, we're talking about OJ being in these movies and watching. At the beginning, the first scene is him creeping onto that boat. Yeah. And like he's creeping, he's got a gun got and like holding am like it's a little weird to watch him yeah. creeping up on people and like attacking them. <laughs> like I know he's a cop in this, but like right. you can't help but think of that. I and that, found that was another moment
0: where he does something that's very it's OJ ish, <laughs> where you're like OJ ish. Don't have him do that.
1: I know you didn't know. You didn't this know is, this is before that, but still. Now this is a Bronco signed
0: by OJ Simpson. Um, I was just looking at things um, that were pop cultural in the first film, and again, what the, what's so great about the first film is they don't rely too heavy on like overt pop cultural and celebrity references. Yeah. So of course you have Weird Al and the idea that in the 80s Weird Al is the pinnacle of celebrity more important than a man who's defeated a bunch of terrorists overseas. Right. But it's Weird Al who everyone is coming to the the airport to see. Right. Um, But you also have the idea of the fact that Jane and Frank are covering their entire bodies in a body condom and that's safe sex right. and the notion of how it was pushed in, you know, the time of STD right. AIDS that safe sex, safe sex. And they're yeah. actually wearing a body, a condom. That body was a, condom. That was yeah. a big gag for this movie and just very telling of the time. Yeah. You know? it, well, I mean,
1: yeah, it's, that's what I think is interesting about these movies when you go back and watch them, cause they are this year. They're the first one is 30 years old now. Right. Um, which uh, I think is in second for our oldest trilogy because yeah. we did Back to the Future, which was
0: '85. This is '88. Mm-hmm. Um, not too many trilogies earlier than these. Let's no. start earlier. You know, no. we're not going to see too many more. But um, it, they really are. They're movies of their time. Mm-hmm. They, they they make they have like some sharp wit and uh, so you get a little you know there's a nostalgic quality to watching these and a yeah. historical quality to these as well. You know, it adds something. Yeah,
1: especially absolutely. when the movie
0: is good to start with. This movie was good then, and it's good now. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you, we lived through some of those things. So some of the humor is going to hit a little bit better because I remember what, what th- when things, right. you know, right. when You had some point sex, of reference
1: for right. this kind of stuff. So
0: a kid that is just seeing this now that wasn't during the safe sex period of the 80s, that's not going to ring right. true to them in the yeah. same way. So that's worth mentioning when it comes to a lot, especially because almost like a
1: period piece almost, you Well, know? comedies like-
0: especially because so many comedies rely upon direct references. is, right. you know, it's, it's universal. Yeah, but comedy. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna come up. We saw this with Austin Powers as well. That many things have to do with period, you right. know, What's popular? Yeah, good.
1: and the time frame. And
0: all right, another favorite line or a favorite little bit. Um, and this is my second. This <laughs> the name of the hospital that Nordberg is staying at. Our, <laughs> Our Lady, lady of, of the Worthless, worthless miracle. miracle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Yeah, beautiful. That's great. Um good. You have uh, something else? <laughs>
1: so it's this is more like one of my favorite moments because uh Le- the way Leslie Nielsen acts this. Okay. But it's one of the times where he pulls up in front of the it's actually the airbag thing, right? Okay. So it's the one where he gets out of the car, the airbag goes, and then it puts it into gear and it's driving, and then he shoots at the car because he thinks it's somebody driving like a right, maniac. Right, right. And just his reaction as he realizes it's his car, and he has that line. I gotta get uh inside. And then, <laughs> then it goes, it, for some reason, it fucking cracks me up every time I've seen. He the does movie.
0: that quite a bit through the movies when he's set some chain reaction of damage happening. He kind of walks he away with slowly that. Slowly like, realizes like, he kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, "I've got to move over here. Yeah, Ooh, do something over here." I did here. that. Um, it's, he's kind of like I wrote this dude. He's kind of like
1: um, uh, Inspector Clouseau, except the rest of the world is stupid too.
0: Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean.
1: He's bumbling, and there's like there's enough people who are smart enough to go. Well, that guy's a bumbling ass. Good point. But there's plenty of bumbling asses. I thought of Inspector
0: Gadget. Yeah, yeah. You know that kind of thing. Someone's got to rein him in, (laughs) right? right. But somehow he's the one that gets the credit for like the success at the end. Yeah, but it was always his helpers. It was him accidentally,
1: right? Is also a movie of like he's a terrible detective who accidentally solves the case. You know,
0: the sort of type, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. The beggar was the lookout man for the gang. That is impossible. Why? He was blind. How can a blind man be a lookout? How can an idiot be a policeman? Answer me that. It's very simple. All he has to do is enlist. Shut up. The whole montage of him dating Jane is fantastic too, ending with him classic. clotheslining those people on the beach.
1: It, there are certain scenes in this movie that like, we could talk about and talk about how
0: funny they are, but they're just classic. Uh, you know what? I have to say this. This is an iconic okay. thing. Did you... All right, I'll let you do no, if you got I, I was going to say, no. when he says I'm going to slip into something more comfortable and just puts on a <laughs> yeah. different suit, yeah, it's fantastic. Right. Then you get to a point at the end of the film where you have all the sports gags, which are great. Awesome. The whole montage, like everything. That, when you go to a baseball game, the stuff that's funny. So the guy taking your seat, he's taking the queen seat. Right. You have the montage of great plays. It's People's heads are coming off. It's right. crazy shit yeah. is going on. Ow! and it's only perfect that it's punctuated by the bad guy which is reggie jackson who at the time was probably the most famous baseball player right it was the end of his career yeah i don't think he played maybe one one more season after this and yeah. he was a part-time player but um he really goes all in with the part he becomes a robot which wasn't necessary for the part right. he walks like a robot i must kill the queen <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, also keep in mind we got a little appearance by uh, mark holton the antagonist. Uh, yeah, I had
1: the same thing because this actually might be one of my favorite moments of the movie is when he stands up and goes, Hey, hey it's Enrico Palazzo!
0: Yeah, and he, of course, he cheers. played, he was Francis in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yep, like and said, he he's was the antagonist. Chubby in Teen Wolf. Indeed. I think the other two films suffer because they don't have a villain as great as Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, he's, he's the, the best that, villain that of all time. He's that great, author. over-exaggerated, melodramatic style of saying his lines did it exactly the same as he said his lines right. on, on Fantasy Island. And when right. he says... What is that line? He lifts his his finger up. It's um, I'm warning you. Get off
1: my back. He <laughs>
0: lifts up his finger. It's
1: really he brings funny. a lot of a lot of weight, a lot of gravity. Oh, he's to it. so funny. Um, and then of course, I think this might be one of my favorite lines also from the movie. But right at the end, when Ricardo Montalban falls off and he gets stomped, and oh, the steamroller comes, Let's the fucking parade comes, and then uh, George Kennedy. Oh, right. Horrible. That's so horrible. I know it. My father went the same way. Agree. Fucking hilarious. Great, Great line, classic time. line. Yeah.
0: And this and this movie is just chock full of those moments. <clears throat> All right. A lot of people have called it one of the top comedies of the '80s. I remember Roger Ebert in one of his reviews saying that next to maybe a fish called Wanda, it was his favorite comedy of the '80s. Yeah. All right. You ready Let's to talk about two?
1: I'm ready. Do you gamble, Lieutenant. Every time I order out.
0: Starts with another great um, car gag. And right. the funniest one is the birth canal. The car coming down right. the birth Whoa. canal. And I love when the doctors are terrified. Yeah, they yeah, lift yeah. up their hands. Fantastic. That's the great. best one of those there. Um, I will
1: say on the rewatch this time, I didn't like the second one as much as the other one. No way. Because it, 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 it sort of is trying to, like, which often happens with sequels, it's trying to do the exact same thing. Where it's essentially like you know the same setup. He gets involved with the woman. The woman is involved with the bad guy. He's got to do this. We get a scene of them going through like the tech at the station. Mm-hmm. They have a scene of that. I mean, we see so a lot of that stuff in the third movie too. Like so many of these, the first movie sort of bit. caught
0: lightning in a bottle. It's never right. going to be as good. But I got to tell you, I like the second movie. I didn't it's got good dislike yikes. it. I left. It's funny.
1: But it's just like you know, without Ricardo Montalban, I don't really care about the bad guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not Robert as strong Goulet. a bad
0: guy. So so uh, Robert uh, Goulet Goulet is whatever he's. Whatever, he's oily, but he's yeah. not. does not do anything special. He's fine. He's okay in it. Yeah. Um, I guess you get Meinheimer,
1: too, and that whole thing. I mean,
0: I guess so. Oh, another r- little gag that they use both in the first and second movie is um, the idea of the body outline tape. In the first yeah. one, it was floating in the water. In the second one, after the explosion, it's all over the place. Like one of them's a stuff. hieroglyphic. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> so, it ha- again, it has its moments, but in the first one, we couldn't stop. You know, we had to edit ourselves. Here, this will take... Two minutes. I could tell you the, my funniest parts. Yeah. Because it was good, but it wasn't anything incredibly great. Um, All right, so you had one. Go ahead.
1: Something, I don't know why this tickled me. Priscilla is describing uh, Robert Goulet to Leslie Nielsen. Right. And she's like, you know, a Caucasian guy, white guy with a mustache, 6'3". And he just goes, awfully big mustache. Pretty good line. <laughs> and then
0: moves on to something else. That's a like, common <laughs> verbal gag they use a lot.
1: You got an address in there? What I've got is a card that says Monique DiCarlo, 210 Bleckman Street. That's the red light district. Wonder why Savage is hanging out down there. Sex, Frank? Uh, no, not right now, Ed. Uh, we got work to do. His reaction is so like he doesn't want to hurt
0: his feelings almost. It, exactly. like, you're like, no,
1: not right now. But,
0: um, <laughs> I think the whole bar scene is pretty great. That's a pretty, gr- yes, probably the best little, moment in the yeah. movie. Yeah,
1: and that waiter in that scene. Well, all I the, wrote specifically about him. But
0: Well, you're going to say Black Russian, right?
1: Well, the Black Russian, he goes, oh, great. And then he looks at the camera and just Ugh, shakes his head now. I
0: love a good fourth wall break. <laughs> if a fourth wall break is done right, there's nothing funnier. Yeah. In the first movie, he's got that bit where he's fighting in the hospital and the guy throws a, b- pillow? a pillow and yeah. he catches it with his face and he attacks it with his face. Yeah. The same thing happens in the second one. Yeah. In the bathroom, the guy throws the towel at him and yeah. he fights the, it with uh, his face. Yeah.
1: I think it's a really great cycle. They gag. actually use it in police squad too. I Do was they just, really? I was watching the I watched the pilot it's today a funny again just to re but she throws a, a wig at him at one point. <laughs> and he's like, like, he's being strangled it's, by it. It's funny. It's, it's hilarious. Also on that bar scene while we're talking about it, this is one great of my scene. favorite moments. I couldn't stop fucking laughing. Um, with the guy Sam, like it's Casablanca. And they're like, oh, that's the other. Play our song, and they go, "Ding dong, the witches dead!" Like as soon as I I couldn't stop laughing. And other... I've seen this movie, and I, I, almost I remember when coming, I was but... a
0: kid thinking that was one of the funniest parts of the movie. Hilarious! I remember always thinking that was funny because you, immediately your mind says, "What's the backstory of that being their song? <laughs> yeah. In what context could that?" Uh, no, be their no, the song? other one,
1: Sam. Uh... <laughs> They kind of do that joke again in the third movie too, uh, where uh, she's walking out of the bar and uh,
0: ninety-nine bottles of beer on the. I wall have that down. As one, that's one of my third my favorite things in the terrible third one. I didn't like the third movie, Are so really? that was. I didn't like it too much. So I got a great OJ moment. This is the OJ moment I was talking about in the second movie. Frank says a line, all I know is in boxing, never bet on the white guy. And <laughs> you see OJ reacts to the camera with a knowing look, like, mm-hmm.
1: He's <laughs> just like, That's OJ right. no
0: OJ knows not to bet on the white. Wa- he knows what happens <laughs> yeah. when it's a black guy against a white guy.
1: Yeah. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Mm. So there's a few
0: more in the second one and then in the third one that are signs of the times type of references. You got the Ja Ja bit where right. at the end Slapping of the, the siren she slaps the siren. I like that. That was funny. Yeah. That
1: references the fact. And what fact- was the whole story behind that, right? She slapped, she slapped someone,
0: a cop. Slapped a cop. Right. That was the guy. Ah, now you about. also have heavy duty, the Democrats are losers in this movie. Lots of like because Bush just got elected. Bush had just yeah. been elected. So he's he figures very prominently in this film, the weird Bush lookalike alike who doesn't look like him.
1: Um, one of my favorite little moments that I probably have never noticed before, and uh you could blink and you'll miss it, is the imposter guy who takes over from Meinheimer. Yeah. Right. He he's, they're on stage and Robert Goulet like introduces them and he's about to stand up out of his wheelchair and Robert Goulet just puts a hand on his shoulder and stops. I didn't notice him. that really. Yeah, and I fucking just died, just like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just good. yeah. Oh oh right. Like meanwhile this guy is supposed to be like I'm the best. I'm the best imposter you've ever seen, and then like the very next scene he almost stands up out of his wheelchair like. Yeah, that's funny. I hadn't seen that good. Yeah. Good. Like, Yo, I find,
0: I found a minor little joke too that I had to rewind the thing to uh, to look at when. You see the inside of Jane's house, and she's um, feeding all those animals. Mm-hmm. On the wall, there's an embroidery behind her, and where it would normally say "Home Sweet Home," the quote is "A walk is as good as a hit," and it's <laughs> quoting Albert <laughs> Camus, the philosopher. <laughs> a walk <rock laughs> is as good as. A hit. I, I looked. At, I had to like rewind it to see it, and that's yeah. what it was. Like really, a random thing that was in. I mean, two frames, hardly in the film at all. Yeah. Really, a good little moment there. <laughs> um, also, I have a star next to Hector Savage, the henchman. Hector Savage. Like, it's just savage. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, Savage. What do you want? I want a car out front. Something fun.
0: A Porsche. Then I want a plane ticket to Jamaica. Then I want a nice hotel. No touristy place. Something really indicative of the people and their culture. Uh, Goulet not as strong though overall As Ricardo Montalban so the movie suffers Again lightning in the bottle it's not going to be as as Great but it's a good film It's got good bits and and I can
1: Appreciate that like certain things happen Again of course you have different bits for the the Tech with the lab guy And you know um, Of course it's going to be this public humiliation Because he of course has to be doing it Somewhere public for the gags but it didn't rely on the same exact jokes. Right. Again, which I can appreciate, where at least it was like you it's the same idea with totally different jokes, mm-hmm. same kind of movie, but you you didn't rely on it's not like when you watch like scary movie one and scary movie two, the second movie is exactly the same. It's like a different setting, but all the jokes are exactly the same. I'm gonna say my favorite moment is uh, toward the end where all like after like the gunfight or whatever, there's a bunch of guys dying on the ground and he's interrogating all of them. And he has that line, all right, who else is almost dead? And the guy, oh, over That's here. That's a great scene. And, like, he's going, <laughs> going over, like, oh, how far did the other guy get? Yeah, he got to about this far. Like,
0: <laughs> Pop cultural thing, Scott. Um, we got some Valdez jokes in a big way. Exxon Valdez jokes, that was in the news in yep. a big way. Yeah, um, like
1: Hapsburg Valdez or whatever.
0: Hapsburg Valdez. And then when they show the commercial for the. The nuclear power commercials and stuff. Well, yeah. the commercial also for the drivers of the. The oil tankers, right, right, their right, baby tanker boats. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and you have the ghost parody, hot yep. movie. At the time we just mentioned that before. Which
1: we mentioned that and he also
0: directed that. Yeah, and there's another thing, and this this is the second, and it's also in the third movie as well. A character is reading a now defunct publication, the Weekly World News, which used to be an awesome rag mag. Yeah, which had lying stories in it about aliens and the Bat Boy. Musical, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah, is based yeah. on a story out of those magazines. Right. And so that just, that matches the tone of these films perfectly. Yeah. It is perfect that they're reading weekly. They're weekly world news movies, for God's sake. Yeah. Just absurd, you know, silliness. Yeah. Not and to they, be taken and, seriously. And they don't exist anymore. Um, do you have anything else for two? Um,
1: all I was going <laughs> to say on the point of uh, references of the time, Barbara Bush. Oh my, she like becomes the OJ in this movie. She gets knocked around, knocked off things. I the noticed thing, that the movie the has a real
0: uh, thing about just old ladies and kind of yeah, picking on old ladies. Yeah, old lady ladies. getting
1: hit is always fun. Right. So, yeah. it's, so it's the
0: queen and then it's, it's Barbara the Bush. Poor Barbara Bush. And maybe, and this is the last I also, thing. I also wonder what she thinks of that movie. You, we, as should I reach out to her? Is she alive still? She's alive. I'm um, going to reach out to her. And the final thing, maybe the biggest joke in this entire film is the notion that an expert in science would give an opinion about the future of of energy and people would care in any way? Yeah, and it would matter in any way to anyone and would affect anything at all.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weak
0: like like that happens That's twenty a, times a month. The second movie feels to me is kind of weak. It's a little weak, well, I, but it's just not as good. An, yeah. The plot's not important. It's just a, a sure. thing to hang these gags on, and it works.
1: You're yourself really good. Really well. Yeah, whatever. Look, I got something big coming up on the outside. Something really big. I could use someone like you in my gang. You got a dental plan? Full coverage.
0: I didn't like this movie, Sky. I didn't like the third one at all, really. There's one or two funny bits, and they're really funny, but I remember not liking it back in the day, and I didn't like it re-watching it, man. I, I liked it better than the second one.
1: It's crazy. Um, again, also because, you know, when the first one came out in 88, I didn't see that in the theaters, I don't think. Okay. Uh, the second one, I probably, probably did, but I remember distinctly seeing the third one in theaters, being excited for the third movie coming
0: out. So you've got, so I
1: feel like I've got like a little connection to it there. That being said, I watched them all a million
0: times. Could it also be your interests in, in like movies and stuff and the fact that the finale takes place at the Academy Awards and celebrities, this is a celebrity packed film,
1: right? Well it's certainly again I think by the third one it evolves like the first two are basically the same and then the third movie kind of evolves because you have a different kind of plot. Yeah. Because he's retired, he's married and, I think, and now I he's think gotta that go makes it, I think it suffers for that reason. I really? think that when you're not around, see, I the like cops, that it's a little bit different and not, we see him in a different yeah, but I think it's parodying like more like mid nineties cop movies well, as it goes, because like cop movies started to change a so little bit. So you think bit.
0: the parody evolves to to, to change yes. with the kind of cop with the times because I think a lot of these right. movies
1: are I mean, like we've been talking about, they're products of their time of when they were made. They're very self-referential okay. to what's going on in the world and culture. Of that. Makes um, sense. So I feel like the movie feels different right, right. away. Because even the first scene, which is my, I, this is one of my starred scenes. It's one of the best parts of the movie. The first scene. is the Untouchables Great. spoof. It's fucking hilarious. All the babies flying and North. It's the best, part of the, all it's probably the best and
0: part of the movie, and he's going to spike the, the baby at the dance. end. Yeah, of course. That's based got the on the monsters, famous You got all these
1: people like who are all involved. Like you had the postal workers come running out. It's ridiculous.
0: It's but... that's a very famous scene. The idea of the baby carriage going down the steps. It starts right. from what from. Battleship Patenkin in like right. 1925, right? And then you have it used in the Hitchcock films here and there, different elements, and that was used to its great greatest degree in in the Untouchables, yeah, untouchables I would which
1: say. is almost like exactly the same. And so, it's and
0: that and that's this that's in the wheelhouse of around when this movie was made.
1: Uh, got a little you got a little cameo from
0: Randall Tex Cobb in this movie. Randall Tex Cobb, who, who was in a ton of movies, he was known as a boxer as having one of the best chins in the history of boxing. He actually, um, he beat some pretty big names, but got his ass whooped by um, uh, Larry Holmes in a title fight when Larry Holmes was the champion. Fought for the title, but is great at playing a guy in prison that wants to yeah. have some lovin'. Brushing he, his teeth with that toilet brush Yeah, but that stuff. dude that's Ben Dover from Fletch.
1: Take your pants off. Uh, I don't even know your name. Ben Ben, nice to meet you. Victor Hugo. I personally, I love the prison riot scene. It's okay. Um, my favorite, I mean, you got the Rodney King, but you know what? The prison ridiculous. riot
0: thing is fine, but that whole dirt thing, which I think is a take on Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah, that's it. they beat that to death, boy. They beat in the same way they beat the sperm bank joke to death. Those extended yeah, scenes going didn't going. work for me. Sperm yeah. banks, dirt. Okay, we get the gag. Yeah, move on. That's why this this that's why I didn't really I didn't even really no, like hear this you. movie. Yeah, but in terms of pop culture, I want to throw down some more pop culture that was in this movie. Can't we all just get along? The guy yep. says, the Rodney King. Now, there's a certain little weird connection there, right? Because the whole Rodney King thing set our country in, in a weird racial place preceding the OJ decision. The OJ
1: case, yeah. So
0: there's a uh, there's a connection. weird history with yeah. this, yeah. You know where. Where reality and a movie as absolutely silly as this yeah, collide in can a way. Yeah, still have some moments still, where like, shit. We appreciate moments, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, while we're talking about that character who did the Rodney King bit, uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie, I laughed out fucking loud. I forgot about it entirely. But he's like, they're talking about prison when he first gets there.
0: Yeah. You just watch your step, McGurk. Take it from me. This place here changes a man. Oh, yeah, my way. I used to be white. We get to the Academy Awards. And it's got a couple of laughs, got a couple of big laughs. Yeah. That De Niro line is a famous big laugh, I think, right? Sergeant
1: Frank Drebin, Detective Lieutenant Police Squad. Yeah, and I'm Robert De Niro. Mr. De Niro, we've got to get
0: inside. I love that. The guy who got the Lifetime Achievement Award is decrepit, okay? They're making yeah. fun of old people again, which is kind of a funny <laughs> way he like dies during the. <laughs> but what's great about it is all of his movies have to do with fucking gladiators and yep. males fighting and that harkens back Big to their love of that in airplane right
1: yeah Isn't right that, yeah the gladiator films. Yeah. ever exactly. see a gladiator
0: film yeah Joey, a grown man, naked. So that's obviously a gag that's that they like. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. That was, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, there,
1: there, there
0: are a lot of... They do a lot of gags about latent homosexuality. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> like hidden, all through like, these movies. But meanwhile, all the gags with like the nominees wasn't funny to me. That they're all like non-actors, Mary Lou Retton. Come on. Yeah. It, I don't get it. Mary Lou Retton wasn't the, even...
1: I think the whole gag of that Academy Awards scene is to bring put people at the Academy Awards who would not be at the Academy Awards? I get Awards, it, I get you know it, what but I mean? it's like... Man. But then you get James Earl Jones and Olympia
0: Dukakis. Wait, but that's the funny one, because yeah, he's like, like, I oh, think no. it's someone... Da, da, da. What does he say? <laughs> Phil Donahue vomiting into a tuba. It's right, funny. Yeah, yeah. That's the best part. But they're the only two people I'd be like, yeah, that, that would make sense if they were at the Academy Awards. Yeah, well, Awards. that's
1: the... Everybody else was... I
0: mean, I think they did that on purpose, Scott, but I just don't think that the, the mechanism of the joke of those non-actors being there is funny enough to right. support how long they dwelt on it. The funniest part in the movie and in the Academy Award scene is when one of the nominations is for Mother Teresa the musical. Strangely dubbed and weird. It just had me laughing so hard. That's, yeah, to me, that's that the funniest funny. moment of the movie.
1: That was very funny. Um It's almost like Oliver, but with yeah, her, you know, like ex- ex- exactly. And funny. that's what it's
0: meant to sound like. You're exactly right. Yeah. Food, I love food, and
1: I'm really in the mood for a big corn dog, a poo-poo platter, two ding-dongs, it doesn't matter. Had some tuna helper, I'll be racing back for more. But don't add any salsa because I'll blow on the floor. Eight.
0: You know, Scott, a lot of people have said that Phil is our Nordberg. He's Phil is OJ Simpson. Well, Phil is OJ. He's Nordberg. He's well, not OJ Simpson. Played by OJ. And we know. I, I don't think
1: Phil's going to murder anybody. Here's the thing. I or rush for that. Many OJ yards.
0: has not been interviewed since he's been released from jail. Yeah. How long has he been out now? A few months? Yeah. So I sent Phil. To get that first interview. With OJ, yes, this is going to break us. We're going to get millions of followers. People are going oh, to tune in for this. So Phil is going to interview OJ, An exclusive interview, because they're kin to one another. They're like almost the same guy. Hey, boys and girls, this is Phil, your West Coast correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. I am, um, I'm on a golf course, and uh, I am providing you moment by moment commentary on OJ Simpson playing golf. I i followed him uh, from the beginning. He's on, like, the seventh hole now. trying to catch up to him. He's coming out of view. But uh, currently having some difficulty getting out of the sand dune. Wait. Oh, oh God. I, I think he sees me. I, I, I'm stuck here. Uh, okay. Um, I, th- I think he sees me. Guys. Uh, He's, um, he's calling security, uh, oh, he spotted a crocodile. A crocodile? Jesus. Scott, isn't that the second time we've sent Phil to Vegas? It is. Luck is is. is not his lady when he goes there, huh?
1: Yeah. It's not a city where they, they deal with his bullshit, I don't think.
0: They've, wow. uh, they've been very unkind to him. In terms of this film, um, I got to say, and I hate to say it much as I love the first one and really enjoyed the second one. This is, for me, you might disagree, not a successful trilogy. For me, three falls off too much. It's a classic. One, two, three. The first film is a genius film, mm. a great comedy. The second is a good movie. Third one is nothing special. Not good enough to support being a successful trilogy, my friend. So I'm, I am going to disagree with you. Um,
1: I think it's a successful trilogy uh, because even 30 years past the fact, I can watch these movies and I'm still laughing. They mm-hmm. still did their job. They're straight spoof comedies. They're not anything deep. Um, That's true. I mean, there, there certainly are. They're like at the time were really like high watermark for comedy. No
0: doubt. For sure. Yeah, I like the third movie, so I'm actually going to say it's a 1-3-2. I think that most of the time, though, we've found that so far, most trilogies have not been successful as opposed to successful. The successful ones, I think, have been more rare than the other. Sure. So far. And I wonder if that'll be the trend. Well, it's, yeah... Who knows? We've we'll got a long out. way to go, my friend. we got, I don't know, like 57 more of these. So here we go. Folks, thank you so much for listening to us today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Find us at, um. what's the, what? what's the? Uh, feedback at TrilogyPodcast.com. Thank you so much, folks. This has been uh, the Trilogy Podcast. I am Vin. I am Scott. Have a wonderful, wonderful. Woke up this morning
1: feeling fine.